you know, I would argue that uh, defying most odds, the uh, Lakewood Brewing Company is celebrating its 10th anniversary. It started up at a time when everybody was doing that, and it, and a lot of them fell by the wayside. But Lakewood has really flourished, and, and even coming out of COVID, Brenda Bush and her husband founded this company uh, back almost a decade ago, and she joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. So 10 years ago, did everybody tell you you were crazy? Um, I mean, at the t- at the time, <laughs> I think everybody was honestly really supportive. It was it was a huge change. Um, you know, we were leaving our, our careers and, and starting something new. And we, we got a lot of support from friends and family and everybody. So nobody actually told us we were crazy. But uh if they if they thought so, they kept it to themselves very kindly. <laughs> well, and they and they would have eaten their words because, like I say, you really prospered and and really getting through getting through COVID and the shutdown. I would argue, correct me if I'm wrong. My sense is that your business was helped through law changes out of this. We had some really antiquated liquor laws in this state, and they seem to be changing pretty regularly. Um, you know, people can go by and pick up beer from you and take it home or they can drink it on premise and it can be sold at different times it has helped hasn't it oh a hundred percent and so really our business model has changed i would say three times significantly in the last decade um driven by the law changes so when we first started you know to keep it simple you had to either be a production brewery where you were allowed to distribute your beer to bars, restaurants, liquor stores, but you weren't allowed to sell a drop on site, or you were a brew pub where you were exclusively selling everything on site, like with a bar restaurant, you know, combination, um, but you weren't allowed to distribute at all. And so you were really forced between those two paths. And we chose the production brewery path, um, but we weren't allowed to sell to consumers. So initially what we would do, which other breweries would do as well, is um, charge for a tour, and then you could have complimentary beer as part of the tour, but we weren't allowed to sell you a pint, and we weren't allowed to sell you anything to go. Um, About 2015, the laws changed significantly and let us start selling on site. So if you wanted to come in, have a pint after work, we were allowed to sell that to you. But then if you said, gosh, I sure love this Lakewood lager. Can I take a six pack home with me? No, I'm sorry. I'd have to refer you to, you know, someone down the street. And it always struck me as very unfair um, because, you know, if you think of how wineries have always been set up, you go in, you have a glass, you have a bottle. Do you want to take a case home? Do you want to sign up for home delivery and have a, you know, a a monthly wine club membership, any of that um, was always allowed. And so the rules um, being so different for breweries versus wineries always struck me as unjust, but they have been changing, you know, slowly and steadily. So that was about 2015 that we were allowed to sell on site. And then in September of 19, so about six months pre-COVID, they started to allow us to sell beer to go. And that saved us during COVID. So, I mean, we were under forced shutdown for a long time. And we basically set up what we called the the Lakewood beer drive through out front. You know, people would call in and place an order or place an order, you know, um, online and could just 
do contactless, you know, drive through out front and get beer to go. And I think we really saw people rally behind local businesses, you know, small family owned businesses like us. They knew they wanted us to survive the pandemic. And we really felt a lot of support from the community, which we were really grateful. Well, for. And, and now, I mean, you're, you're continuing to grow. It seems like on multiple levels. I know you've you've get, you've you've redone the, your your place over uh, in Garland and, and, and Lakewood, and, and you're serving food, and you've got a pretty extensive menu. But now, all of a sudden, you're going to show up in, what, not just liquor stores, but in all the Tom Thumbs and Piggly Wigglies all across the state. Yeah, so we're... We're statewide now, so we've filled out the the footprint for the most part for the state, which is really exciting. And yeah, like you mentioned at, at the brewery, um, we did open a kitchen. Uh, that was in the plans right before COVID. And uh, thankfully, we did not break ground on that <laughs> right before COVID when we would have been uh, forced shut down. So that, you right. know, we, we put pause, you know, hit that um, on pause for a minute and then uh, just finish that up in the last in the last few weeks. So we just had our grand opening a couple of weeks ago and it's been really exciting because it's been a dream of, of women mine to have food there at the brewery. And we also really just wanted to make it a destination for families and people to come and kind of hang out in place. So we've did a big renovation outside with, you know, shade and turf and plants and Mr. Fans and added a lot of outdoor games like Jenga and cornhole and, um, you know, foosball on the inside, darts, things like that, and big fire pits. So it's, it's just a, the idea is come eat, drink, play, repeat, you know, it's somewhere where it's family friendly. We've got a little kids play area now too. So um, we wanted to have a destination where people could come and and spend a chunk of, of their day and have a great time. You know, I mean, and it strikes me that you guys have a, have a, perfect union i mean it's for business i'm sure it's a good marriage but but you mentioned wim wim from <laughs> from from belgium and and if anybody knows beer it's somebody from belgium uh absolutely more beer than anybody else but but your background i i know you spent time at, at tracy Locke, and your background is in marketing and so all of a sudden you marry you know uh, uh, a good beer with some marketing expertise and has that been the catalyst the the combination you know, I think, you know, so women I met um, through through Tracy Locke. So we met at the advertising marketing agency, um, but we worked in different parts of the business. So he was on the creative side. So um, coming up with, you know, the designs and the layouts and the creative concepts. And I was on the account side. So I was more on strategy, objectives, budgeting, you know, those those types of things. And so um, that has, we've kind of mirrored those roles in in the brewery. Wim is on the production side. He's much more on the, the creative, the development side and everything having to do with production. Um, and then I'm much more on the, um, the business side of it. I'm doing the finance and the HR and those types of things. But we work together on the marketing because we both have that background and we both have a passion for that. And it, we've we've actually had quite a few people from our our past in marketing um, work with us at different times over the years too, which has been really fun. Well, so so tell me about the business expansion. So now you're in Houston and Austin and San Antonio and Waco and College Station, all sorts of places. You, you've expanded the the food business and you've got more people. You know, you found a way to drive more people to your location. What's next? Where's the growth? Or do you sit back and kind of tweak what you've already got 
Well, um, yeah, we are always thinking about the next thing. Um, we probably want to pause for just a minute and uh, get a breather after opening the, the kitchen and doing right. a major remodel. It's been it's been a huge project. But no, we are always thinking about expansion. And so right now we are looking at expanding into, you know, some of the states that are closest to us. I think with, um, you know, with freight and everything as they are right now, you know, we wouldn't, it wouldn't be easy for us to go to California and keep the beer at a reasonable price on shelf. So we have to look at the adjacent states or the close by states. But that is something that we're that we're looking at doing and that we're interested in. But doing. then you get back into the same kind of mild minefield that we had within Texas is trying to figure out, you know, the local laws and the state laws and, and that sort of thing. Is that a challenge for you going into other states? Well, you know, really what makes it doable and feasible is having a good partner. So, um, you know, you need to have a good distributor in any market that you're in that understands um, the, the, the local laws and the nuances and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, when you're, when you're selecting a distributor, you know, you're looking for someone who can not only bring your beer to that market, but someone who's going to be a good partner, because normally a distributor relationship is, is kind of like a marriage, you know, you're, you're aligning with them right. and, and you're planning to stay with that distributor. And so you want to make sure that there's a culture fit, that there's a personality fit, that you're aligned on strategy, on business goals, on objectives. And, you know, it's really important that we're always with somebody who's got a strong focus on craft, on craft beer as well, not just on, um, you know, the, the national big domestic brands. Am I wrong? I mean, 10 years ago, like I said, it seemed like there were a lot of people that were starting, you know, going into the craft brewing business. And it just seems like there have been tremendous number of casualties along the way. Well, um, I'd, I wouldn't say a tremendous number based on the numbers that I'm looking at. Um, but there have been, <laughs> so a it's few, a crowd of sure, <laughs> but, um, yeah, but I mean, when we started, I remember when Wim was first working on the business plan, he said um, he found that Texas was second in um, in the United States for beer consumption and 49th in beer production. And so that was a pretty good opportunity when we saw when we saw that. And so and at the time when we were working on it, there were no breweries, um, no production breweries in Dallas proper. And that was just amazing. There was Franconia up in McKinney. There was RAR in Fort Worth. And that was a bit about it. You know, there was a brew pub here and there, but there were no production breweries in Dallas. Mm -hmm. And then um, Petacolis, uh, Deep Ellum, and Lakewood all opened within just a couple months of each other. So we were kind of the first three, like right in the Dallas area. Um, you know, we're technically Garland, but you can throw a rock to Dallas, you know, from where right. we're at, we're right on the line. Sure. Um, so I, you know, I count us in that group um, for the Dallas area breweries. And now there are between 90 and 100. So wow. that's, that's a lot of growth in, in a decade, you know, and not everyone has made it, like you said, but a lot of a lot of them have, and we still don't have the number of, you know, breweries per capita as some of the the other states, you know, like a you know, Colorado or Oregon or somewhere else does. That's remarkable. Well, thirsty state and 106 degree weather probably doesn't hurt matters either. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Brenda Bush is a co-founder of uh, Lakewood Brewing and is vice president and, and about to celebrate uh, the 10th anniversary. It's good to have you with us. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for having me on. Thanks for more of our conversation. Go to krld.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson. News Radio 1080 KRLD.